Hello and welcome to Binge Lit. I'm Grace. And this is Anya. And today we're talking about Barbie. Wow, what an icon. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> Before we get into this, I should tell you that we have, it's only fitting that we have a toy dog, a little tiny Maltese Yorkie, a Morky, here in the room with us. We thought that it was fitting that we'd have a toy dog. Bruno is making an appearance. And by toy dog, I just mean small dog. He is a real life, a living dog, too. Yeah, he's alive. <laughs> but he does look like, he definitely looks like a teddy bear come to life. Yeah. Did you have Spot? No. Like, the no. toy. I honestly didn't know about him until the movie. I was like, oh, right. I forgot that there was a dog. I forgot there was a dog, too. And I also did not realize that dog ate and pooped. Oh, Yeah. I didn't realize that either. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that that was pretty funny. Yeah, so we love Barbie. Obviously. We've loved Barbie since we were kids. We love the movie. Far exceeded our already high expectations. So we're going to talk to you about Barbie. You know her, you love her. You've seen her around for forever. And we read the book so you don't have to. So in this case, we read up on all kinds of the history of Barbie and the history of her creator, Ruth Handler. Yeah, so I listened to the podcast um, from LA Made. They made one called The Barbie Tapes, and it was like a, a mini series uh, with Antonio Tejeredo and MG Lord, who wrote Forever Barbie, the unauthorized biography of a real doll. And that was, I feel like I learned so much about like Ruth Handler mm. and like the origins of Barbie. Yeah. Which. I had no idea. Yeah. And so like after listening to that, I was like, I need to like read more about Ruth because she's such she's such an interesting woman. She is. And so I also read Barbie and Ruth by Robin Gerber. And I read The Good, The Bad, and The Barbie by Tanya Lee Stone. That's all about a doll's history and her impact on the world, which is really fun. Yeah. Well, she okay, she is a such a major impact on the world. She has a 98% recognition rate, which is wow. like higher than like the Queen of England, which blows my mind. That's like worldwide. Yeah, yes, worldwide. Like worldwide. Nine, 98% facial recognition. Like you see the face of Barbie, you know who that is. Yeah. And that's not true of anyone else. Yeah. There's no one else that has that high recognition. There, there the only be. other person is, is the Queen, right? And no, I, she's higher than the Queen. Yeah, she's higher than the Queen. She's higher than the Kardashians. Oh, she's yeah. She's higher than. Obama. <laughs> she's higher than Taylor Swift. Okay. She's yeah. got a na- she's got a name I, and honestly, face recognition. Yeah. So it's really fun though, because it is like Barbie's having like a lot, a lot of a renaissance right now. Well, yeah, I feel like because we're all just kind of like living our best like nostalgic lives, at least like us millennials of like going back to like the nineties. Oh, totally. And these Gen Z's. Well, I guess they're like more like early two thousands, but I don't know. We're definitely like going back in time and I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, this Barbie movie was definitely like nineties Barbie core. Like this was very nineties Barbie. It was so good. Well, and it makes sense because like Greta Gerwig, like she, so basically they, Margot Robbie's like production company, like reached out to them, like her Mm. and Noah to like co-write it. And so they, like, wrote the story. They, like, wrote Barbie together. Yeah. Which is so fun. They did. And they wrote they wrote this Barbie with Margot Robbie in mind. So, like, this yeah, well, Margot was Margot always... Yeah, Margot Robbie was, like, on board from the beginning. Yeah. Well, it is interesting, though, right? because... I thought it was her production company. Well, that... this movie's been through, like, a bunch of different iterations. So, in, yeah, during, it... like, the 20-teens, it had been optioned by other production companies who had tried to cast other people. 
as right. Barbie, who all didn't end up working out. Right. But then when Margot's production company got it, then it obviously it did work out. Yeah, my understanding is like Margot kind of like has be- had been watching it. Yeah. And like kind of jumped on it as soon as someone like picked it up and was uh-huh. like, we want to like run with this. Mm-hmm. And then reached out to um, Greta Gerwig and her partner Noah. Mm hmm to write it and then i don't like my understanding is like they also like didn't have like a director in mind like mm. they weren't planning on greta like directing it they were just like listen just like write the story mm. and so she just wrote like this fantastic story and like obviously had so much fun with it mm-hmm. because she was like a child in like the 90s like playing with barbies and i feel like yeah that is like why it's like so impactful because i just feel Mm -hmm. like it's so nostalgic it's great it's so fun yeah well yeah it definitely is like a a product of joy like you can tell like the whole time you're watching it even when you're crying you have a smile on your face like you're just you're just like there's just so much joy i just feel like i don't i was in like full smile i think from beginning to end it was so good it's incredible yeah there's just like so much love yeah in every part of it exactly and so i think like yeah so like my understanding is like greta gerwig was like listen i need to like direct this and so like really like pushed for it yeah and like well she did an incredible job yeah aren't we all glad that she did because i feel like it's really rare that you watch a movie that like has so clearly been through like the budget that it has with all the celebrity that it has with all of the marketing and all of the brand deal and everything that it has to end up being a really really good product at the end like, I feel like we see a lot of movies with all kinds of celebrities and all kinds of stuff and all kinds of cameos and original songs. And you watch, and you're like, OK, it was like made by committee. Like, I yeah. can tell. And it's kind of like the good things about it are watered down. And it's like clearly been through like focus groups and shit. And yeah. Barbie, well, it, I, it definitely has been through focus groups. It also is just like so good. Like they really she threaded the needle. She did it. She pulled it off. Yeah, she really did. And I'm I think so she just like went for it. Yeah. And I feel like in an interview, she was even like very thankful because I feel like she said that she got a lot of kind of like liberty to kind of like do what she wanted mm-hmm. because like going into this, she was like, I really had kind of like a vision of like almost like a pop opera, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. I didn't really like catch on to that the first time I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second time after knowing that, I was like, well, obviously, I mean, there's so much original music written for this. Yeah. Like, even like the Lizzo, like opening song. Mm-hmm. Genius. It's genius. like, it's exactly like a musical where you yeah. have like the opening song and then it comes back later. The and reprise, it's like reprise yeah. and it's changed and it's like reflecting like and it tells the story. Yeah. And I feel like all the songs they choose, they are sorry, all the songs they chose just advances the story forward. Oh, totally. And it's so much fun. Yeah. There's yeah. so much thought put into every, well, like every and scene, every still, every, every single detail is so thoughtful. Well, the proportions are yeah. incredible. It's like, crazy. Yeah. And they used, um, I know like a lot of the actors had to go through like movement coaching mm-hmm. to like, ma- like be like super kind of like doll stiff. Yeah. Which you like, you realize, but I, it's just so impactful. Yeah. Well, I it, thought that was really interesting the way that Margot Robbie was talking about it. Cause she was like, yeah, when you, like she went through a bunch of movement coaching and talked to Greta a lot about it. And it was like, the, she was like, I totally had to change the way that I walked and the way that I moved. So it was like, I'm like confident. I've never doubted myself ever. Like I'm just walking with so much purpose and I'm moving with so much like intention and there's no doubt anywhere in my mind. And it was just so good. It was just so good. Yeah, it was good. And yeah. I know like a lot of the background, like dance, like a lot, a lot of the background people were 
like dancers. I, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. by trade. Yeah. And so everything was like so purposeful to give like the illusion yeah. of like Barbie world. So like yeah. the world building was incredible. Yeah. That's the, and yeah. I just like completely, completely got socked in. Mm-hmm. And so the first time we went and I was watching it with you, mm-hmm. I was like in full tears, like that entire like Barbie world sequence. Cause I was like, remembering like when I was playing with Barbies and I was like wow this is hitting so hard like this is like so many like core memories that like <laughs> I guess they weren't core because I forgot <laughs> but like a lot of memories they came were locked up. away yeah but like the, I loved the scene when Ken like after he like runs because there's no water in Barbie world and so there's mm-hmm. like plastic fake waves yeah and Ken is like not a surfer but he decides to go surfing and so like runs headlong into a wave and like bounces off and like doesn't break his arm, but like goes to the mm-hmm. hospital and they have like a little exchange between like the doctor and like Barbie and Ken. Yeah. And I was like, this sounds like like eight to 12 year old girls like playing. Barbie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this, <laughs> totally. is, this is so well done. Cause she was, he was, cause like he was just like lying there and like the doctor like takes the x ray and was like, oh, look at that. It, you just have like a broken arm. And then, and then she was like, and by the end of like saying that sentence, it's magically fixed. And he's like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, you okay. realize the x-rays are heart-shaped? Yes. <laughs> so also, that like whole doctor thing. Listen, yeah. my parents really wanted me to be a doctor. Oh. But I had that. Oh my God, so, really? Like, yes. And I didn't realize it the first time we were watching because I feel like my eyes were just like, I was just taking it so yeah. much in. Yeah. But the second time I went, I literally gasped out loud. Oh, and I was so excited because I was like, I had that. And yeah. I like remembered it. Oh, my God. No, I was losing it because I had a Barbie airplane. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. no, you did. yes, I did. I had oh a Barbie airplane. Oh, my God. I wanted one so And I would put bad. them in and it came with a little flight attendant cart <gasps> and you could Stop fill it. it up with stuff. And then you'd have Barbie walk down and be the flight attendant. It was so fun. Stop. And then you have Barbie pilot. So there two. There's a pilot and a co-pilot chair. Oh, my God, you were so cool. It was so fun. Anyway. Um, I did love the world building. And I think that that was like the thing that I, I stepped away with the most. I think that was the first thing that I said to you, like the world building within the Barbie world. And I think that maybe that's also why it's so clear that like everyone on the team had so much fun with it because it's like so original. Like she made all new rules for this Barbie world that totally makes sense. And they're so cohesive and they're so funny. And then, but what I really, really love is then she also like real world like the real world also has a whole new set of world rules and it's almost like like a whole like it's almost like a magical realism the way like the magic in between the yeah. two and the yeah. way that like the way that like suddenly the mojo dojo casa house is like selling off the shelves yes. just because he just invented it in the barbie world and now like they're the way that they it's like it's not a one-way street like they go back and forth yeah. and they interact with each other and i thought that was so funny and i like Honestly, one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie is the whole part in the Mattel headquarters. Yes. And I cannot have more respect for Mattel for just like being like, yeah, make fun of us. This isn't even really what they're like. We both watched that documentary, Tiny Shoulders, Mm -hmm. which is about Mattel rebranding Barbie in the like 20 teens. Mm -hmm. But it's just hilarious to watch that movie and then watch the Barbie movie, because Mattel is so not like that at all. No, so not like that. (laughs) But also, yeah, I want to talk about this because like, that is an incredible chase scene. Oh my God. It is so incredible chase scene. And I, okay, I recently learned about an app that tells you like, if you need to like pee a lot, when are the best times in a movie to go pee? Uh And this app recommended going like during that chase scene. No. Yeah. And I was like, chase scene's one of the best parts. I know. I was like, (laughs) Oh, that's yeah. such a myth. Yeah. And I like, and 
I mean, honestly, I guess like when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's just a chase scene. But like when I was like sitting there watching it, like I was like, oh, no, like this is like hilarious. Like my one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is like that part when they're in the cubicles in Mattel and like running after each other. Exactly. And like Margot Robbie and um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Like come together and like scream and then run the other way. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's I so love. Good. Like, he's like, I'm gonna go over it. I'm gonna go over it. Give me a boost. Yes. Also, like beautiful, this is one beautiful. of Will Ferrell's best roles in years. Hundred percent. Like best Forever. role since Talladega Night. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like he did just as good as Talladega yeah. Nights. He was so funny. Like it because that was such a new. Uh, it's also a pretty original character. Yeah. Like we're really used to seeing like this like evil overlord CEO, but he wasn't like that. Like no. he had foibles and he wasn't perfect, but he also wasn't straight up evil. Like he's like really whimsical guy and he's like, oh yeah, like tickle fight, tickle fight. Yeah, which is no, so it was him. so funny. Or like I love like at the beginning of the chase scene, they're like, get that Barbie. Yeah. And they're like running to get in the elevator. He's like, no one touch that button. I'm gonna touch that button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's like doing a CEO, but he's also like when she comes into the room, not when she comes into the room, when that other kid comes into the room and they're there, oh, it's like a big corporate idea sesh, and they're in, and they're at the heart shaped desk and he's sitting there. And he's like, remember, remember what we're trying to do is inspire girls. And he like really wants to be inspiring girls. But yeah. at the same time, then he's going to call Je- Barbie a Jezebel. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> and I thought that that was just like Will Ferrell just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Like he, that whole sequence, that whole part. I couldn't even take it. Like I was laughing so hard the whole time when the 12 guys are all in the tandem bike going through. Oh, <laughs> for me, it was when they're all on rollerblades. Oh my God, I love the rollerblades. I just loved every, I just loved every single stinking part. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible, it was an incredible time. Yeah. Speaking of Tiny Shoulders, which is a documentary about Mattel and Barbie's more recent iteration. Let's first talk about though, Barbie's origins the and the OG first iteration. Barbie. I know OG Barbie invented in 1959 by Ruth Handler. What a legend. What a legend. Listen, I love that she was in the movie and I thought they did a good job with her. I loved her representation in the movie. Yeah. hundred percent agree. It yeah. made me tear up, made mm-hmm. me tear up the second time I went. Yeah. And at the end when she's like talking to Barbie and they're mm-hmm. talking about like, spoiler alert but barbie is like i want to be human and she's like you've evolved past more than like my expectations and she like says a line and i'm gonna butcher it but she's like like us mothers stand so we can like look to see how far our daughters go mm-hmm. oh my god burst into tears burst into tears never came back from that I one know. <laughs> i know this is after like riding the waves as of being called out as a depression Barbie. Yeah. From the Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I know. That really affected you. Oh my God. <laughs> the depression Barbie really affected you. It was too mean. <laughs> I was like, this is sitting way too close to I home. I know. I mean, it is very close to home. But I mean, I just thought that was so beautiful. And it was really that whole scene with her and her like showing her like the, the like flashbacks to like a life that like a woman can live in like childhood up through like adult. I just thought that was so, so beautiful in the yeah. way that it was. And I think they were like very true mm-hmm. to like to Ruth. Yeah. Because yeah, like her, the whole reason why she created Barbie is because like she was a mom, mm-hmm. like she was watching like her daughters mm-hmm. and kind or her daughter and Barbara. And the only option that like Barbara really had playing with her friends were either like baby dolls and like paper or paper dolls. And Mm -hmm. like Ruth realized that she's like, Oh, she's gravitating towards these paper dolls. 
because mm-hmm. she's able to kind of like act out her like aspirations as an adult on them. Right. Whereas like as a baby doll, she can just be a mom. Right. But paper dolls aren't fun. Yeah. And so Ruth kind of was like, well, we need we need a doll that's like. Yeah, she saw like a gap because the thing about paper dolls that is really fun that I was reading about is that, you know, like you can change their outfits a bunch. Like mm-hmm. you cut out all these different outfits and their outfits signify different things and different roles in society and different ways they can be. And so her daughter would, yeah, cut out all kinds of different outfits and then be like, oh, we're going to put on this one. OK, now we're going to change to this one. So when she invented Barbie, Ruth wanted to invent a doll where you could change the outfits a bunch and they would be really fashionable. Yeah. So Barbie was meant to be teenage runway model Barbie. Like she was meant to be like a teenage model and wear all kinds of like the coolest, most fashionable outfits on the market. Oh, yeah. And in the Barbie tapes, like that podcast I was listening to, like the the thing that's great about it is MG Lord like has the tapes from when she actually like interviewed Ruth. And she like comes out and says like, listen, like these dolls had like pudgy bellies. They were Mm -hmm. baby dolls. And, like, mm-hmm. that's not what these girls want. No. They, like, they want, like, these like the pre-teen, nice physique. Right. Yeah. These preteen and, like, early teenage girls, and even younger than that, I guess, like, like they're, they are looking to the adults around them to try to figure out what kind of adult they want to be like. And she knew, she fully knew and was called out, like, at the time about, like, the Barbie design, like, being, like, a full womanly figure with, like, the waist and the hips and the bust yeah. Of like a woman and not like a girl. Well, to be fair, like the original Barbie was based off of kind of like, maybe it's a little dramatic for me to call it a sex doll, but like kind of. <laughs> was so, it? Was yeah. She? Oh. So like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I love the story. I think it's so funny, but she was on like a ski trip with her family in like Lucerne and they saw this like doll that was essentially was like a Barbie doll but was wearing like a super cute kind of like apres ski outfit. And and her name was like the Lily doll and she was like German. And she's mm. based, I'm pretty sure it's like based off like comic strips and was just like a sex object essentially. Like a, like a pinup come to life or, you know, come to doll. <laughs> and so And so she was like sold kind of in like with like cigar shops as like a gag gift that like men mm. would just like buy for each other. But like, when Ruth saw this, she was like, oh, this is like a beautiful doll. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to buy two, like one for me and one for Barbara. And so she like brought hers back to Mattel, mm-hmm. because, which she had co-founded with her like husband. Mm-hmm. And she was like, listen, like we need to make this in the U.S. for young girls. Yeah. And well, everyone doubted her also. Oh, 100%. So everyone they, doubted her. Oh, yeah. They're like their engineer um, at Mattel, Jack Ryan, basically like. It was his responsibility. Yeah. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, I know, right? <laughs> That's a twist for that TV show. Can you imagine? Season, I don't know what season they're on. Season it's like, five. It's like he mashup between the Barbie. office. <laughs> it's like office meets Jack Ryan. Yeah, that would be so but funny. Barbie. <laughs> anyway, keep going. No, yeah, so it was Jack Ryan's like responsibility to basically like clean up this doll and like make mm. her like more palatable, I think, to like the American market. And so they were manufacturing her in Japan. And mm-hmm. so basically he kind of like, I think like, I can't remember exactly what he did. It was like toning down the makeup and like slightly, I think the breasts and like making her less like sex dolly like. Mm-hmm. And um, basically was getting samples out of Japan. But in Japan, they were kept putting like nipples on the breasts. Oh. Like they were being like trying to be like anatomically correct. And so he's like sitting there with these samples, like 
shaving the like sanding the nipples off oh. <laughs> and making it flat again which is like so it's just like so funny that like it's okay to have like the suggestion but like a nipple is too far oh yeah <laughs> well i mean don't even get me started on free the nipple there's still a problem today isn't yeah, it yeah. imagine if barbie had had nipples would we still be having this free the nipple debate probably not i think that we would have paved the way we would have figured it out already yeah i don't know barbie's so complex though barbie is so complex it's really hard well that's the thing and barbie has always been straddling the line between like alternately like art reflecting life and life reflecting yeah. art it's always like going back and forth and going back and forth it's not like straight up one or the other. And like Mattel from the beginning has like, they've been changing Barbie and adapting Barbie to suit the times. But to their credit, usually they're pretty good at being like a little bit ahead of the times. Well, yeah. Well, and I feel like when Barbie like first came out, because like she was essentially like based off of like Ruth, yeah. who was like definitely ahead of the time. She was like a female executive like right. back in like the 40s. Like she co-founded Mattel. Like she like that was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And also, um, they, the woman that like designed like Barbie's outfits, like Charlotte Johnson was also like a career woman, like back in the day where that was mm-hmm. not like super common. And so they like, put, I think like put a lot of themselves into mm-hmm. like her representation. Mm-hmm. So we like had her like, like Charlotte Johnson, like almost like, it was like as if she like every outfit was designed with like a purpose. Uh-huh. So we had, so it, was, it just like became fun. She mm-hmm. had, like, all these, like, outfits she could change into, but it was also, like, you were able to change into, like, different jobs. Yeah. And it really, because of that, widened the net for the possibility of, like, what Barbie could do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, it was shocking to me, and I didn't realize it until researching Barbie that, like, she actually, like, went to space before <laughs> Lance Armstrong did, or Neil Armstrong. Wait. No, before the first woman in space did. No. even oh. Even before anyone went to space. Oh yeah, she was Barbie originally won the arm won the arms race. Yes, wait, <laughs> she who... won the space race, not yes. the arms race. Barbie won the space race. Yeah, the arms race. <laughs> also, I'm still is it Lance or Neil Armstrong? I Which don't one? know. <laughs> Same guy, but no, not really. No, like she went to space before anyone else got there. But then once like a woman went to space in the '80s, they re-released like Barbie goes to space. But she was, like, mm. I think it was, like, in the 60s she was in space. Wow. In the early 60s. I do love that rocket part of the, <laughs> when they're in the little trans, the little transit. The transit? <laughs> the transit. Yeah, to get from Barbie world to the real world. Yeah, I love Listen, that. I'm, I, I'm all about that. Yeah, well, there's. I, love, I would love every part of that. I, I, like, that, I was, like, just so delighted. It's just so delightful. But, um, I mean. Barbie invented the day to night look. Okay. Barbie was the first one to ever debut a day to night wardrobe transition. Yeah. And listen, that's an incredible, that's incredible people. Thank you, Barbie for inventing a day to night. I love a day to night transition. See, the thing is like, I feel like I've never done a day to night transition. Oh, I used to all the time. Yeah. Back when I used to work in an office. Yeah. And then go places after that's that. True. That's Crazy true. Crazy to that's think true. about now. That, yeah, it's just been so long. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the thing is, Barbie, at the same time that she's also straddled this line between, like, art, art mimicking life and, mim- like, and life, like, reflecting art, she also has been straddling the line of, like, pissing people off and, like, showing people, the, like, and being aspirational, I mm-hmm. guess. 
Because there were, even when the, from the first moment she debuted, there were mothers who were saying like, I don't want my daughters to have Barbie because I don't want that to like, me- like that body type or that yeah. body image to mess with their heads. And it's such a grown up body type. And I don't want my daughters to like see that and like internalize that. But at the same time, mothers liked it as well because they would see Barbie who was so put together and yeah. had all these color coordinated, perfect outfits. And say like, oh, I, I actually want that influence for my daughter to learn how to present herself. Well, because she was world. always like so well groomed. Yeah. And yeah. And she had these like careers and like a purpose. Mm-hmm. And like at this point, like Ken was just like an accessory. Mm-hmm. So it was like she like. It, it, she just has like a boyfriend to go with it, her. Exactly. So like yeah. the mom is like looking at this being like, oh, this is like an ideal. Right. Like what I want my in the like 60s what i want my daughter yeah. to like, live up to so like it makes sense yeah right but barbie's really been through it because then like she got a lot barbie got a lot of flack in the 70s when the when the feminist movement movement was on the yeah. rise because a lot of people really did see barbie who's always perfectly made up and always beautiful as being like a, a an ideal that's unattainable and mm-hmm. therefore as an unattainable ideal being like harmful to women and i see yeah. where they're coming from i do too and i and i don't disagree but at the same time, Barbie is also still like, still like made by women for women, and yeah. Well, that also that period, like to be fair, um, at Mattel, like there was a lot going on mm-hmm. because there that was actually like the yeah they they with the women's movement there. I I'm pretty sure they had kind of like a couple a couple rough periods, and then they also like simultaneously decided to invest more into kind of like electronic based games Mm. and so they kind of weren't focusing as much on barbie and then since the company wasn't doing well and like ruth was getting sick they kind of just like signed off on some fraudulent type activity Mm -hmm. and then the company got into hot water and ruth took the fall and she was um like convicted and found guilty of fraud yeah um and so had to leave and like now she's gone and her influence is done right and i feel like we just saw like a lack of originality in the barbies Mm -hmm. that came out after and so i feel like it was there there was like a lot that kind of like happened during that time in the 70s yeah yeah for sure well i definitely before going into this and before that like just oblique mention that they made in the movie i didn't know that like Ruth Handler had trouble with the IRS. No, well, I didn't even know like Mattel was like co-founded by a woman. Like no, I knew I, I didn't knew... know she was even part of Mattel. I didn't realize I knew that like Barbie was like was like the idea of a woman and was named after her daughter. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I didn't realize like how involved Ruth was. Yeah, I mean I didn't realize that like Mattel and Barbie are like inextricably linked. Like, oh, well, there Barbie is no, saved Mattel. Right, yeah, there is no Mattel without Barbie. Yeah. But there's also no Barbie without Mattel. Like, they are, they're part and parcel. Yeah. Well, and like, to Mattel's credit, like, they like worked with Barbie. So, like, after they have like those dips, they like really try and like focus and like revamp. So, like, in like the 80s, like, they introduced like a lot, like, a lot more Barbies. Um, mm. And kind of like built back interest. The day to night look. Day to night look. To reflect the times of working women. Like working, you know, working girl, like that movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then I, that's like around the same period where we introduced like the African-American Barbie. And so they were just like, we just like started to see the company like take more risks and like evolve. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting watching like the Tiny Shoulders documentary on Hulu mm-hmm. because this is basically Barbie is in this situation all over again in like mm-hmm. the early 2000s mm-hmm. because the, Barbie was really been struggling like after all like the innovation we had in like the 80s 90s right it's kind of like plateaued Uh and like now you have these like brat dolls which i love that they have like the cameo in the movie to like the brat dolls like those like girls sitting in the cafeteria yeah so the girl america ferrera's daughter who i don't remember her that character's name and her friends are like are like brats dolls right yeah so they have the exact same names and i i guess i wasn't a so i wasn't a big brats girls doll I was a Barbie girl. And so, but apparently they had the same names and the same outfits. So it was like funny because like, yeah, in the early 2000s when they came out, they were like Barbie's competitors and like Mm -hmm. Mattel was like struggling. Yeah. Because these were like. The Bratzels were cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so they, they went through like a couple bad years. And so like now we're in, I think it's like 2016 when we're Mm -hmm. following Mattel and they're like, how are we going to like revamp Barbie? Mm -hmm. And it's really fun to just like watch these women, like basically like take a brand and you're like, right. Like I just like forgot about her and like Mm -hmm. take like major risks. And what they end up doing is changing her body, which is like a long awaited change, but they Mm -hmm. made like a tall Barbie and like a petite Barbie and a curvy Barbie. Mm -hmm. And like they changed her like skin tones. They released so many different types of like, skin tone barbies and yeah. ability barbies and yeah. like hair texture barbies. like it, it it's just it's an incredible line yeah i mean they brought up a lot of things that i hadn't thought about but they were like the thing about barbie like historically is that barbie has always been like the same clothes size and the same shoe size and that's always been kind of the uh, the appeal of barbie is that like you actually could have bought a piece of barbie clothing it from like the 60s and still put it on barbie in the 90s like it still would be the same clothing size yeah and that was and, the whole point of barbie yeah, you like could, she like, was sw- designed to do that right you could like be swapping the shoes out you could be swapping the clothes out but now when they're inventing this new body shapes barbie they're all different heights they're all different sizes so not all the barbies are going to fit in the car not all the barbies are going to fit in the airplane not all the barbies are going to like fit in the places that are meant for barbie to fit and so they were like that's honestly it, and it is like i didn't think about it but like now as an adult like knowing how things work it's like oh no that is actually a pretty big issue yeah, and they brought that up in the documentary. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, oh, yeah, everything started, like, clicking for me. Right. So I was like, oh, no, 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 I get it now. This is an entire, like, brand redesign. Right. Like, you're redi- you have to retouch all of your products. Like, right. Like, all your SKUs. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing this so quickly. Right. Like, you're turning this around fast. Right. And it's just, like, amazing. It's amazing to see. And it's also scary because they're risking so much because right. they're doing these test groups and they're having, like – these little girls like play with their samples and let's be honest like it was pretty brutal like it what was. these girls were saying yeah and so i was starting to get worried that this launch wasn't gonna go well and like i haven't been following barbie news so like i don't know how it ended up but then you see you just like see how it like comes out at the end and they have like an amazing like mm-hmm. release and it's just such a happy ending and it's just beautiful for Mattel yeah. and now they have a huge like motion picture yeah picture and are making more I know well so that's the thing is that watching that documentary Tiny Shoulders and I feel like I'm just like I hadn't heard about that before we started researching this for the podcast and I wish that I had and I wish that more people had watched it because it actually like 
you watch that and you're like, oh, Mattel is not like some kind of like crazy, terrible corporation. No, it's just a bunch of women in a room trying to figure it out. Like it's yeah. like it's predominantly women like by far and away. Yeah. And like and, the thing is, is like they're fun and are yeah. okay. And that's what I saw from the movie. It's like they're they're okay making like the butt of being the butt of the joke. Oh, totally. They have a really good sense of humor about themselves. It's so funny. And they just like are just have a genuine love, like a genuine yeah. love of Barbie. And they they just they're not here for like the money. They just they don't want the company to like go under like they it's a corporation and used to make money. But like they're really here for the love of it. And so I just had so much respect for them because it's like Mattel, when they made that movie, they were allowing themselves to be made fun of. They were allowing themselves to be misrepresented as a company made up of men, which they're not uh, just for the sake of the joke and for the sake of the success of the film. Whereas like I don't know that other big companies like Mattel's size with Mattel's like name recognition would let that happen. Like, I don't think that Marvel would like, let. I don't think the Disney, like, I, I don't know how many other companies would do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, but I think like, that's, what's so special about Mattel. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I feel like we're all learning now. Yeah. Is that they're fun. They are and fun. They, honestly, they took a huge risk on like Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. Oh, totally. Like this was an, this and is it paid incredible. Off. It paid it, off. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like Margot Robbie, I feel like I heard somewhere when she pitched it, she was like, this is going to be like a billion dollar movie. <laughs> and honestly, it's not I think that it's, far off. I think it's on its way. Yeah. I feel like it hit like 800 million the other day. Yeah. So I don't think, I feel like maybe by the end of this weekend, it might be up there. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's a type of movie you can watch multiple times and well, that's we, how you we make, did. I mean, we did happily. Yeah. But a lot of people, like, they're going with their friends and then they're going with their partners. I mean, I want to go see with my mom. Yeah. It would be really fun to see with your mom. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's it's easily rewatchable. I mean, with the, I, I think I said to you when we when I first watched it, I was like, the second this is on streaming anywhere, I'm going to watch it like 50 times in a row. Going to binge it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, like, it's not going to be that long before it becomes, like, cringy, actually. Like, we're going to get oversaturated with Barbie and then we're going to be like, oh, my freaking God. Yeah, that's like, all of these words that we're saying on this podcast, we will eat them later because we're going to be like, oh, my God. I hope not. I don't <laughs> I know. Not. I feel like I feel like there's like a core of it that's like always gonna I just I just think it's gonna go the way of Mean Girls, which like started out so good. And then the, for me, like now I struggle with Mean Girls because I'm just like it's so played out. Oh, I disagree. This, I feel like the, at least personally, this hits a lot emotionally harder and I feel like goes deeper than Mean Girls. Yeah. So I feel like Well Yeah. Yeah. I mean I thought that I thought the Mean Girls I mean Mean Girls is also a spectacular film and really well made. Mm -hmm. But it's just like so many of those one liners were just like used over and over and over again. And I think that there's you can already see it like the like like the Ken off and like the like the Ken jokes mm -hmm. are already like being memed and like used over and over and over again. Um but you know what's really exciting? Speaking of Mattel mm -hmm. and their their creative force and the things that they're doing and they're up to have we talked about we we haven't really talked about Mattel and the new Mattel cinematic universe and all the new movies that they're going to make yeah based on their toys I'm so excited for this good I'm excited too so you know what they're going to do they're going to do a Polly Pocket movie I love Polly Pocket which they already have started developing that's with, incredible um 
they better be featuring the with, Polly Pockets that like you like wound up with the wings that would like fly oh my around. God, right? Oh my god, those were oh the best. God, right? They, they're I was gonna, obsessed. I, I also loved the Polly Pocket clothes. Oh yeah, Polly Pocket was so fun. Oh, I mean, talk about well, that's what Polly Pocket's all about is the clothes changing. Yeah, but um, I liked how it was like different from Barbie because it was like that like the te- the gummy texture. It was the like, gummy yeah. texture. I, so I think that we're easier. gonna see a resurgence in like Polly Pocket clothes, like wearable that you can like buy Polly Pocket clothes, and I would totally one hundred percent buy it. Um, but they're casting Lily Collins. That makes sense. For a Polly Pocket. I think that's great casting. Yeah. Yeah. They're also, they're doing, they're just like really going off in all kinds of really interesting directions. So there's already a Hot Wheels adaptation. Okay. And I had Hot Wheels growing up and I'm actually fucking stoked. I am, yeah, no, (laughs) I am so pumped for this. I like haven't seen Cars, but I will see, I will see this movie. I haven't seen Cars either, but. You should watch Cars. I mean, I do love Fast and Furious franchise. And, uh, but they already have J.J. Abrams and his production company Whoa, attached to Hot Wheels. J.J. Abrams <laughs> is doing Hot Wheels? Yeah. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Whoa. Yeah. Mattel. I'm not kidding. Not only that, A24 and Daniel Kaluuya are attached to the Barney adaptation. Barney? They are going to do a horror surreal. Stop it. Barney. It's going to be like Midsummer, but Barbie, but Barney, not Barbie. Barney. With kids? I don't know. Well, the thing about Barney, did you ever hear about all of those, all of those theories about like the guy who plays Barney? What? Wasn't he like a drug addict and he was hiding drugs inside the Barney suit? What? (laughs) Were the kids affected by this? I think that he was giving the drugs to the children. Oh, wow. It's not intended for children though. It's not, the Barney movie is not going to be a children's film. It's going to be A24. I love R, this. I don't know. R-rated movie. I'm very excited for this. As long as like no kids are <laughs> Yeah. Well, they're also working on, I never even had this toy, but Major Matt Mason. I've never even heard of that. Well, apparently that has Tom Hanks attached to it. What? Yeah, right? Thomas the Tank are Engine. Are these all going to be made? This well, is there, a lot. Some of them. Are, I honestly thought it was just going to be like Uno and Hot Wheels. No, this is so. This is insane. Oh no, they're like because I think that Barbie like the the love is really coming in. So Thomas the Tank Engine is being made. No, they're writing a script about Thomas the Tank Engine. But I feel like they can't repeat this. They are doing a Magic Eight Ball movie, and it's gonna be a thriller. It's not gonna be kid friendly. That'll be fun. It's gonna be a horror movie. They're doing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Okay. With Vin Diesel. Is it going to be like Fight Club? <laughs> Vin Diesel is set to produce Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I'm so excited. I think that's incredible. They are doing an Uno movie. And Little Yachty, Lil Yachty, is attached to that. To Uno? Yeah, to the Uno movie. Wow, okay. And I'm so curious to see how many of these actually finally, like, get made. Finally, the, the piece de resistance. The, the most important one that the, you're going to freak the fuck out about is they're doing an American Girl doll movie. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so fucking excited. I know. American it's Girl Doll is your life. favorite. Samantha, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. Felicity. <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's the thing. All of these girls so impactful on my I life. really loved American Girl Dolls. Well, you, they okay. had a book, so you had a backstory. Oh my, I know. What are they going to do? How are they going to do all of them? It's going to be multi-series. <laughs> I don't know great. how it's going to work, but I trust them now. I'm so pumped. Let's I'm get so Greta pumped. involved so with the American Girl Dolls. I know. That's the thing. Like how, that's, I don't know. I'm intru- I'm like very apprehensive about all this, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. 
good. I'm just filled with excitement because I think that this is like so many fun and original ideas. And I've been saying for years, I've been out here, I've been complaining and complaining and complaining because they just keep rebooting the same content over and over no, again. All this is and so I'm like, let's make new shit. Yeah. Like find stuff that people like and then make a whole new thing. And so I'm just, I'm so excited that we're like, that like this is like on the table and like we're talking about it. Like I really want us to make new original things. And like clearly like Barbie, like, it's an existing IP, but mm-hmm. like it's like a whole original movie like that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so impressed with it. Yeah. It just no. has a spark of something new and Killed it's just it. so fun. Killed it. Look at Ruth's creation out here, like changing the world, changing like bringing world. original things to all kinds of new industries. Honestly. But- well, yeah. Like even when she left Mattel after... I don't know, getting charged with fraud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she she went on. Well, she was like sick and ha- had to get a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And so actually like went on and founded a company that created like prosthetics, like breast prosthetics for women who had to have like mastectomies. Wow. No. And she was actually. Yeah. She actually fitted um, Betty Ford. Oh, yeah. For for her own like prosthesis. Whoa. So, yeah. Look at her. Making waves. Whoa, I didn't even know that Betty Ford had a prosthesis. News to me. I don't know. But that's good for her. That's so that's so cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, it's a shame that she, if she has been around any longer, I feel like she would have invented so many things. She was like an, an inventor. Yeah. I just, she would be like so interesting to just like talk to. Like she really sounded like such a kind of, just like a firecracker, like such an interesting woman. She yeah. She would have like really good stories, I think. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. let's add her to our dinner party list, oh, okay? Oh, yeah, baby. So we got Salai. We got Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Ruth Handler. Ruth Handler. We got Catherine de' Medici. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. And I think that's it. I'm sure there's more, but I can't think of them. Did we have Galileo on there? No, no, but we will add Galileo. Okay. And we're going to ask him, Galileo, when your parents were naming you, did they ever think that the name Galileo Galilei was crazy? No, see, I feel like you're <laughs> the only one that thinks that. That's insane. No, I feel like it sounds so good. I mean, it does sound incredible. But that's like you naming your child Kershello Kershello. <laughs> Okay, so if Kershello was like a normal name in society, I would do it. Was Galileo a normal name in society then? I don't know. Was it not? I don't know. I just assumed it was. I thought it was like like one of those things where it's like you're named after your dad and your last name is like a derivative of your dad's last name. Oh. Kind of like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like so and so, son of so and so. Yeah, like in Russia, like Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really went two totally. different directions on that one. I thought you were gonna go Sweden, <laughs> like Stevenson. No, I was going Aragorn, son of Arathorn, or whatever. Oh yeah, that, that too. Aragorn, Arathorn. No, I just thought it's like the same as being called like Steven Stevenson. Yeah, but I or make like, fun of people who are named Steven Stevenson. Oh, see, my friend, like, her uncle is called Patrick Fitzpatrick. I make fun of that. Okay. <laughs> well, too bad we're going to the UK. <laughs> I'm going to be making fun of people left, right, and center. Watch out. Um, anyway. The only thing I have left to say is how glad I am to have Ryan Gosling back in the picture, okay? We all mm. forgot... 
about him as a comedian. We all forgot about his multi-talents. And look at him. He's out here. He's singing. He's dancing. He's delivering all these lines impeccably. And he's been gone for a while. And and I don't know if he's going to stay gone and this was just a one-off thing or what. But what? either way, an incredible contribution to society. No, he, he killed it. This was like the best role I've ever seen him in. Yeah. This is definitely like by far my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Honestly? Yeah. I cannot think of a better Ryan Gosling role. Uh-uh. I can't think of a better Ryan role you know, out of all the Ryans. Like, watch out, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's coming for you. He's maybe funnier. Probably going to get canceled for that. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he would agree with you. <laughs> um, Listen, the Canadians. The Canadians. It's just all love. It is. You know, a very, a, a very polite group of people, except for when you're driving on the road with them and then they honk at you like crazy. <laughs> For no good reason. Listen, I'm trying to figure it out because I I don't know kilometers, all right? I don't know. Wait, do your <laughs> dashes not do the conversion? Well, yeah. Oh. But I'm still confused because my main thing is still saying miles per hour. Mm. And it'll also be like, oh, turn coming up in 0.5 kilometers, which is very, very different than 0.5 miles. And so <laughs> like, I'm so confused. I'm like, where where is it? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, 300 feet versus like 300 meters. Super different distance. You know what? See, this is like a very American problem. Okay. Well, <laughs> we saw Barbie, which is a very American yeah, character movie. Yeah, except everyone in it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like they're That's all like so Australian true. or Canadian. I didn't even think about that. You're so right. Yeah. Like who was American in it? You're so right. Oh, I guess he's a right. Okay. We got one. Yeah, you know what? It was distracting. All of the kids from sex education that were in this movie distracted the hell out of me. It was so good. <laughs> I loved every moment of it. I was so Where distracted. Was it, by was it filmed in LA or was it filmed in London? I have no idea. Hmm. What do I look like? I don't know. A location scout? <laughs> a location scout? <laughs> a location coordinator? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure we can look that up. But I mean, well, okay, Will Ferrell. Oh, American. Classic American. American. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of the Mattel. Well, no, 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 no. There are a lot of British Mattel guys. Yeah, there's. it's a confusing about non-American people in this movie. That's okay. They all pulled it off, but they were, some of them were distracting. It's okay. That's <laughs> the American. <laughs> okay, well, as a non-American, as a proud Canadian, listen, we were represented well, okay. and I feel like we hit it out of the park. <laughs> all right. Yep. Fair enough. It was okay. <laughs> Just saying, there were a lot of sex education kids in this movie, and it was just like, what are you guys all doing here? I thought they were the main sex education kid. They did do good, but I was like, where's the main guy? Oh, I yeah. I I guess I was Doctor Who. (laughs) Doctor Who was in this movie. I mean, maybe there's gonna be a Barbie Doctor Who. Where's David Tennant? Honestly, <laughs> he needs to be get like him weird in here. Ken. Get him in here, weird Ken. Yeah, he he would be a good weird Ken. He would ham that up so hard. He would yeah. be so good. Yeah. All right. Well, Barbie okay, two. Greta, we have no. Write it down <laughs> for Barbie two. David Tennant as weird Ken. Let's do this. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, we cover lots of book to screen adaptations. Speaking of David Tennant. We did Good Omens. Yeah. Do you like... So check it out. Do you like David Tennant? 
He plays <laughs> a hot fallen angel. Yeah. Um, so we'll read the book so you don't have to. You can just tune in and we'll tell you the things that you need to know. You can find our podcast uh, anywhere that you find podcasts like Spotify, Spotify and Apple podcast and Google and Amazon. And you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to post a picture of the little toy dog that was here during this recording on Instagram so you can see him. So I really recommend that you follow us, follow us on Instagram at binge lit podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.